Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ed Carbajal. And weekly, we are brought to you by AllAccessMMA.com. Check out AllAccessMMA.com for our video podcast, MMA News and Stories. Ed, you held it down uh, with Tovan last week. Uh, appreciate him being there to... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, man. And and uh, really quick, his uh, he had a show that he plugged. It's actually tomorrow night on the 17th. So um, I forget that he put the details in last week's episode, but... It is November 17th, tomorrow night, so make sure you go. If you're in the DMV area that he called in Mar- uh, Maryland, Virginia, I forget the D.C., D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, and you can get tickets to check him out and see him live do his thing. He's he's uh, all about on social media this week. Um, one more thing before we get up, because I know we got a lot of shit to talk about. I promise our boy of combat sports law, Mr. McGracken, <laughs> that I would bring up the uh, – the assets that they just posted. Sorry, I meant to tell you that, but we had a lot to catch up on as we were preparing. But I have to bring up <clears throat> the uh, CTE information that they posted on the Fighting Foundation that they shared with the Association of Ringside Physicians. I just want to bring up those images. Um, they're free on their website. Actually, let me bring up their website so, you, so people know where to go. It's free on the website uh, for people to like download the assets and use. And so, if you own a gym, uh, coaches and trainers out there, and you want to like educate your fighters about the uh, just at least have having them be knowledgeable of um, uh, the risks of CTE and stuff, they have a resources library at ringsidearp.org/slash/fighter-resources. Um, let me uh, just show them up on the screen here. Um, it's just posters that they can put in the gym so that that way it's not in their face and it's not like, you know, it's not like being a dick to, to, to anybody trying to train or whatever or scare them out of training. It's just kind of like, you know, an awareness thing. So where is it? I got all these tabs open? I'm sorry. Ringside fighter resources. Here we go. So this is uh, what uh, he's got a link on the combat sports law.com. If, if the ringside the link is too much for you, but like, it lists like the symptoms and what to know and what a concussion is and just everything about CTE. It's this is literally like you could download it. You can download it right off the website and, and print out the poster and hang it in your gym or in the locker room. If you are a, a coach or trainer, um, I might actually print these out to, to hang up at my spot. Cause we got guys, young guys that want to fight there too, over in, over here in North Brunswick. Um, but it's definitely a, like a, it's a nice thing to hear when you hear that commissions are approving ridiculousness, like, you know, slapping the shit out of your brains and shit like that. So, yeah, I mean, um, we're here. We're here for combat sports. We're here for violence. But yeah, yeah. at the same time, we have it's also. Yeah, we want the athletes to have. Where, a... <laughs> yeah, it's at a time where we have the, the technology to figure this stuff out. There's no mm-hmm. reason uh, to abuse your brain uh, more than need be uh, for these athletes that are, that are competing in these sports and, and, you know, football, it goes any kind of com- uh, contact sport really mm-hmm. um, can, can jar the brain. So definitely interesting, kind of cool to see some of the companies. I know it was only fight circus, but it was kind of cool to see it start to get um, 
accepted and, and something to kind of, uh, you know, not shy away from, like act like you're so, you know, your sport's so fragile it can't survive, you know, a yeah. little bit of knowledge about uh, some safety. So uh, with that said, I think we probably should just jump into this past weekend's UFC where we're going to talk about some people. Uh, <laughs> probably got hard. some speaking, yeah. Probably, yeah. Um, so I don't know exactly where you want to start. I, a couple things that stood out to me just on the prelims, Ryan Spann um, knocking out Dominic Reyes with a power jab, uh, you know, minute into the fight. Uh I didn't see that happening. I've been perhaps a little disrespectful mm-hmm. of Ryan Spann. I always thought he was kind of like number 10, but really not much of a threat beyond that. And uh, I mean, he, he shut me up for sure. And um, I'm, I'm interested to see where kind of where he goes from here. I know there's a few sluggers that they can put him in there with, but uh, it, it's uh, I was shocked by that one. I, I, I didn't see that one. coming. I mean, I was, first of all, overall, like the amount of finishes on this card, probably I, I honestly, uh, for me, I think this might be their best card this whole year, and especially in a year where where kind of like the interest for folks like us has been waning from this promotion. You know, something I don't know if it's because of Madison Square Garden and the magic that's in that building for sports or whatever it may be, but that fight, uh, you know, the Carlos Olberg opening up the card, the first fight's a KO. He talked about Ryan Spann's KO over Dominic Reyes. I didn't like watching Frankie Edgar get knocked out, but I mean, literally the pay-per-view portion was two submissions and three, three KOs or TKOs. Yeah. I I mean, that's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's good for the just bleed fan. I mean, it's, it's action. Um, Some of the matchmaking would lead to that. Perhaps like you kind of get that, you know, uh, reservation fight thing where you get, you know, and, and obviously these are all high level opponents, but like the idea of putting Molly McCann in there with, with, uh, Aaron Blanchfield was, uh, was a mistake. I mean, that one right there created it. Well, so yeah. It so, was, that's, that's a bad matchmaking mistake by the UFC. So honestly. here's what, what's funny about that. Aaron Blanchfield wins first round submission. And she's, she's the girl from Jersey that's been riding underneath, you know, taking trips into New York to train the Henzo's, across the street from the garden for, you know, all the way up until she got her black belt and she getting booed because Molly McCann has the UFC marketing machine behind her. And even in winning Molly McCann still got more coverage as the loser than Aaron Blanchfield. I think that's a little, I think that's a little suspect. I mean, it just can... goes to show that like <laughs> certain people, it doesn't matter really if they win or lose, they just, they get the push and, yeah. um, you know, but I was glad you won. Oh, yeah, but I just, it was, you know, anybody that really watches Molly McCann fight realizes that, like, she has some weaknesses, and and if you've watched Aaron Blanchfield, you know she doesn't have many. She's, mm-hmm. I mean, super good prospect right now, and it just seemed like it was an unnecessary fight. You've, I'm ta- as, as somebody trying to make money on it, Molly McCann's bringing mm-hmm. me in this money. We talk about her losing and still mm-hmm. getting all the talks. Put her, I mean, you could really give her jobbers left and right, and it would still you know, it, it, you know, kind of be the Conor McGregor treatment a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. give her the Seavers of the division, give her the, uh, uh, you know, uh, I can't, you know, I can't even hey, say I like that. You know, I get, I get it. I get it, you know, but yeah, yeah. it's there, like, <laughs> you can, you can kind of uh, work, work it up a little bit and, and keep the money train coming in. Cause really it kind of got exposed mm-hmm. a little bit right there. Um, but, you know, like I said, Aaron Brownsfield's a killer and I, I think she's probably a future champion. Uh, mm-hmm. At the, in that uh, 
there at 125. Uh, Moicano looked like a killer. Brad Riddell, a little bit out of his element, I think, in the UFC, if I'm being completely honest. We saw um, he got I, – I, I sound like a schmo saying that, but it just seems like he doesn't have the ground game to be able to compete. We saw what Moicano did. Obviously, Moicano's special, but Jalen Turner did the same thing to him. Um, in last July on fight week and, uh, and Jalen Turner's not necessarily mm. known for like his submission, you know, skills. You'd think you'd be, you'd get kind of picked apart by Turner. Yeah. So, you know, one, I, one, one thing I want to like, I mean that, cause it was, it was one of the decisions on the card, but Andre Petrosky versus Wellington Terman. Um, I mean, I know Terman lost, but I was super impressed with his submission defense. I mean, there was a lot of near subs that could have happened, especially in that last round. And just the toughness and and his uh, you know the the scrambling and just the way he he kind of kept himself to survive at least until the end. I don't know that's me being my old man jujitsu self, but I was just like I, I was impressed with him, and I was just like not for nothing, dude. I mean, dude, dude deserves some respect for that. I know you know unless you're Molly McCann, you don't get a lot of shine as a loser. But I, I thought Wellington Terman. I mean, for somebody, I mean, that almost got chicken winged, and God knows what else Petrosky tried to do with to him. He he survived really well. Um, but um, yeah, uh, dude, like, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what else to say about this card other than the only fight I got wrong, obviously, when you, if you saw our picks with uh, uh, Tavon last week, me and Tavon, we were pretty much uh, the same, except for the, he picked Gutierrez, but I, you know, I, I went with my heart and picked Frankie Edgar. Um, that was not fun to see, but I was leaning Gutierrez. I kind of thought that, uh, yeah something i you god i didn't want you to hope yeah the same hope. knee that we saw before i figured he might get clipped behind the ear or something and you know something like that but he uh he took another knee square to the face and uh you know i mean we all everybody loves frankie edgar i mean you know we had our times i didn't always root for the guy i didn't root for him always when he fought bj Penn and stuff but uh my but favorite was, fight but he was of a gamer, his, you know yeah my favorite fight of his was when they were trying to like send him off into the sunset when they matched him against Yair Rodriguez and they had Yair Rodriguez as the favorite and everything. And he literally, he ran through Yair for uh, the whole, I think it was a decision, but mm-hmm. it was a dominant decision. And he, he like said, he's like, I know they tried to push this kid. He said it in the post cage interview. He's like, but you know, not today. And I was just like, that was one of the moments of that. That's probably one of my favorite wins of his, because I was, it was, you know, one of those attempts to try to push an older guy out and, that wasn't ready. And he, I mean, he's, he wasn't ready up until the fight. You know what I mean? Like you listen to him talk. It's his, it seemed to have been his camp that convinced him to, to retire. But I think after, I mean, losing that way, I mean, you know, you've, a guy that you used to never thought would get knocked out versus seeing him get finished the way he's been. I'm, I'm, I'm glad he's out of it. And I hope he does have some success, you know, doing being a manager or whatever he wants to do. Um, but that's, uh, that was to probably the, Watching that and then having Poirier Chandler right after helped me forget about <laughs> how sad I was seeing that loss because that fight was awesome. It was an awesome fight. Um, <laughs> you know, I was leaning Poirier. I, you know, it's hard for yeah. me to pick against Chandler. I've stated many times he's one of my favorite fighters, yeah. and and he's one of my favorite fighters for the way he loses too. But uh, you know, <laughs> if I if I'm gonna be totally honest about it, it's a little, it's 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 kind of wearing a little bit because it seems like he just kind of makes the same mistake, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like I always heard Boss Rutten kind of say, like, you get choked out once, you should never get choked out twice by the same move, you know. And that's mm-hmm. not necessarily what's happening, you know. Uh, but 
he it's like he's he's got a, he's always in a position to win and then he allows that door to open up and sometimes he rallies back and gets the win and then other times he gets you know flattened and and beat up and and finished you know but but uh, that that's also what makes him that's why we love him yeah <laughs> I, I get it but i i just want to get that one i want that win <laughs> so bad you know and um and, but you could see it unfolding the the winging punches when he has him hurt he's got poor and you're like just just <laughs> kick back a notch dude yeah, like yeah. i get it i love it i love this i love it because if he was standing back i'd be going oh just swarm him you know so i'm gonna i'm gonna be uh you know going either way of course probably as a fan but you know it, it, in hindsight you're just like dude like you get these guys hurt and it's you got the power it only takes yeah. one it doesn't take 40 of them you know the only so- thing the yeah yeah but the only thing just uh because when you were, were doing our picks last week the only thing Tavon got wrong was saying that he was going to go to the hospital. That they're going to both go to the hospital. They both beat the shit out of each other, but they didn't go to the hospital. And in fact, uh, Chandler did a post of uh, you know post fight interview, and um, you know because everyone talks about, especially with this division, the UFC, the 155 pound division, like who who's next? And one of the names that keeps coming up for him is Conor McGregor. Is, I mean, I know we have to wait for the Usada thing, the six months or whatever shenanigans they have to do to make it look like he can come back safely. But I mean, McGregor's been training like an animal. I honestly think I, I, I agree with Michael Chandler, hundred percent Chandler versus McGregor does phenomenal numbers. You can make that a headliner and people will, will buy into it. And I honestly think for both guys at this stage in both of their careers, that's a really great matchup. Yeah, a week ago I would have agreed with you more. I I, I think that um, I think if Chandler had won this fight, I think that that would be a fight that you could talk about making. Mm-hmm. McGregor's I have a hard time believing McGregor's going to fight someone coming off of a couple losses in a row. Um, I guess it wouldn't be two losses in a row. He he got the he did beat Ferguson, so it'd be the one loss. Um, I just don't I don't I don't want to see the fight at one seventy. Because Chandler's going to look real small next to mm. a bloated out McGregor, and mm. I really don't know if I see McGregor making 155 ever again. Yeah, if, he's I mean he's huge now. right now, and, and yeah. we've I've stated why I think he's you know there's a reason probably why he decided not to drug test for the last year. You mm. know, um, <laughs> there's usually a reason for that. So, um, but um, I, I so that's the only thing. And like honestly, I, I just think I, I think Chandler might get hit too much, and I, and I think uh, mm. McGregor it might be a real custom. Uh, made match for him at this point. Um, but, you know, like I said, I'd see it. Um, Poirier probably got to start looking at another title shot. Um, the way he does it, he goes and finishes it. What else are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Sparkery chiming in. Uh, 281 was a great event top to bottom. That relative rarity that mm-hmm. lived up to the hype, opening bell to walk out, and new hands raised. Excellent. You bring up yeah, a good man. point about new hands raised there as we move on to the co-main event. We had two new champions. Um, doesn't happen very often. Um, Weili Zhang uh, gets her belt back after a little bit of a, a you know, a little bit of a path that she gets to Carla Esparza. Outclasses her. Uh, finishes her. Excuse me, in the second round. Yeah, control. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I saw that coming. You know, I mean, I just, it's just, I mean, you, we were talking about it last week when we were making our picks. Uh, I joked around about, I mean, if if, if Whaley can pick up Francis Ngannou's two hundred ninety-two pound ass, she's not going to have any problem stuffing the takedowns of a of a strawweight wrestler. You know, 
So, um, and then tying up that crucifix and getting the submission, it was a thing of beauty. I mean, she's definitely somebody like uh, Dana White was saying the post-fight press conference that she's someone that like, it, it, it really bothers her when she's not holding the title. So she uh, makes it like such a, a mission in her like whole like in her life to to get the belt when she doesn't have it. And I mean, I don't know who the the thing is like with that division. Is it going to be her and Rose now? Like, well, like what's? What I mean, you... if you're Rose and you've beat her twice already, it's hard not to say I want my mm-hmm. belt back. If mm-hmm. she wants to have the belt back, I mean, you know, uh, if you if I'd beaten somebody twice and they were holding the belt, I'd, I'd probably. Uh, kind of be thinking i should get it so that's i mean that's what makes the most sense it's kind of a revolving door mm-hmm. uh, same fighters but um you know we'll see what happens but really the, the main event um you know i'm not gonna lie after the time i wasn't super hyped for it um no and, and not that i not that i didn't think it could be a good fight but i felt like they were given kind of a hyped kickboxer a fight after just a couple fights um, and it really was, this was just kind of a made for TV, uh, main event. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that still is kind of what it was. Um, fortunately we got, um, really good performances from both of the guys. Um, I, and then, uh, Alex Perea pulled it out in the last round and got the TKO finish, uh, standing finish, um, after landing his patented left hook, you know, I, I just always you know, I, I don't think Izzy has like that. He just doesn't have the one punch knockout power. Now he obviously landed the hard one at the end of round one, but I just mm-hmm. don't see it. Um, and obviously there was a size difference. Alex looked huge in there. Uh, but when he throws a punch, like he looks more like a K one beast throwing a punch. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like there's like, there's a, there's a little, it's not a sparring session. Like if, if Alex Mejia fights Anderson Silva, they ain't, they ain't going to a decision. Somebody's, you know what I mean? Like, like like we're swinging for heads here. Yeah. Yeah. um, And the whole fight from start to finish, you know, Adesanya was landing, um, but, and it was, there was was that point in at the end of the first round where he almost, if, if it wasn't saved by the bell, I mean, Pajero was, was looked like he was going to be on his way out. Um, Correct. Correct. But the second shot was borderline. Like I thought it was late. I guess you can start. I think that's kind of a tricky thing to say. So mm -hmm. we saw like the reaction after a shot that was after the bell, Mm -hmm. you know, I I get it. You're right. There was a save by the bell moment, I suppose. Um, But I don't know. Maybe he stumbles back, regains himself. I mean, we saw him go out there and basically, you know, win the second round Mm -hmm. after 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 doing that. So like he just doesn't seem like he has the mentality of somebody who's going to go down easy. Um, I, I, you know, uh, you, he, he seems like somebody you literally would have to, you, you, you have to put him out completely unconscious and maybe as he would have done it, I don't know, maybe he would have landed a kick, maybe he would have knocked him down. I got a quick stoppage, but I just feel like you got a guy who's just kind of like a killer in there. Mm-hmm. Like, and he doesn't have, he has his ground game. Seems like it's, there's, it seems like he's got holes. I'm not going to sit here and judge a guy who got his round belt today, but, um, but I would say that there would be a lot of guys that that could definitely uh, be interesting matchups, you know, um, for him. Uh, yeah, I mean, Robert Whitaker. Uh, I don't. I forget what he was speaking at, but he 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 was already asked, and he was like, it definitely feels like he could take him. Honestly, I mean, like you said, I mean, uh, I just get, do, you think, getting... do you think Whitaker, Whitaker would take him down, or do you think like it would turn into one where Whitaker would stand with him and get blasted? Because that's kind of like, I, I don't know. Egos seem to always step in. 
yeah, it's it's it seems to be like I mean when you if you trying to remember anyone of a similar frame or you know like like because like the thing about Pajeda is that he's he's a big dude he's he's like wiry long and lanky so that that's kind of like that gives you even if he's not playing range maybe in the back of your mind once the bell rings and when you're face because only the guys that face him know like you feel like you you have to kind of like time your your entry into to fighting him and that seems to work work in his favor especially when he lands that left hook um so i feel i feel like if uh if somebody can put enough pressure again like uh kelvin gaslam versus uh, adesanya i thought gaslam really had because when when have we seen outside of him losing this past weekend when have we seen adesanya look uh, as damaged as he did when when he fought kelly he beat kelvin gaslam but he you know he didn't look right afterwards mm. and um i know robert whitaker the second time would thought wanted to copy that i feel like uh the pressure these rangy striker high you know high level striker guy that i think if you pressure them and you don't fall for their their range games that they play i think especially if they don't have any grappling background i believe uh you know when when Adesanya went to light high heavyweight, that kind of got exposed when he lost that that fight. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I honestly think everyone I talk to, like my training partners at the gym, and everyone that's been following, they're like, I think the next whoever he fights, whether it be Whitaker or whoever, they probably beat him. You know, because like you said, he got fast tracked to Adesanya just because of the history. But, yeah, um, I mean, and I I don't you know, it'd be interesting to see those fights go down. To me, he's kind of like a light heavyweight Paul Daly in a sense, mm -hmm. where it's like if you allow the dude to stand in front of you and throw punches for three or five rounds, there's a really good chance eventually he's going to land something that's going to really screw you up. Mm -hmm. um, but if you take him down or, like you said, if you pressure him and you really stay on him, you might be able to fluster him and land something and and, and change the momentum of a fight. Um I just uh, that left hook, man. Especially uh, that left hook is a dangerous punch because people don't. The left hook is is what takes people out. I know? don't. I don't recall anybody that. Yeah, it's always the left hook that, like, even in this exchange with Adesanya, that's what started the end when he landed it. And I, I, I don't recall. I mean, outside of being at events live, that but when you're watching it, I don't recall seeing someone land punches like that, and you can. Again, and this was in Madison Square Garden, and you can hear the punch land, mm -hmm. like 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 even when the, the ones that landed that looked like they sh they shook them. Like I don't know if that's something they do with their mic because we know UFC has a lot more technology with their 4K and all the other shit that they have with their money, like to, to make stuff look a little bit more dramatic for their for their um, what they call a thrill and agony stuff that they put after the events. But I was just like, man, this guy's literally he's he's literally like. Like everything he throws, it's it's probably hurting, even if it's not dropping. You know. No, that's what I mean. It's it's he's a heavy puncher, um, you know, a heavyweight guy, kind of like Badahari, where he's like, if you watch like mm -hmm. the K one or like the guys that swing and like, you just go, God, that's gotta hurt. Yeah. Like they, there's not there's no wasted punches. Every mm -hmm. punch they throw has the intention of of ending the fight. You know, and um. I think it'll be fun white last. I think if, depending on how they want to match make it, like uh, you know. Um, well, it looks like the re the rematch based on Dana White's reaction, and obviously it, 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 Adesanya wants it. The rematch is probably going to happen. I I would say maybe if they go back to Australia or maybe you know whatever, 
So we're probably going to have to wait around for that and see all the, you know, rigmarole and the marketing for that. But I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, I know Whitaker's got the fight in front of him, but I wouldn't mind seeing him pair against somebody else. Um, Because so, cause that would shut up. If he wins, then he sh- that shuts up everybody doubting him now. And, yeah, yeah. I, I just... Uh, I mean, he's lost to him three times, given two were in kickboxing. <laughs> but it's it's gonna be hard to recover, man. If you go zero for four, like where do you go from there? Like mm-hmm. he, he really could be a gatekeeper for the division, even if Perea can't, you know, loses to some of these other guys, and he's just gonna know that like all he has to do is sign up to fight Izzy, and he can get, you know, I mean, it's like it seems like the mental game at that point would be. Uh, pretty wild i just yeah and i know i saw some like i saw like kamzat chamayev was saying he wanted to fight him and especially with them you know wanting them him to be at at that weight class now considering everything that happened when he couldn't make the 170 allegedly for the nate diaz thing um i wouldn't mind there's not a lot of fights though it's it's whitaker at asanya cannoneers coming off a loss maybe but maybe if they push up if they because look, we know rankings don't matter in the UFC anymore. Marketing is what matters, and uh, if Chamayev Pajeda sells, they'll make that fight in a heartbeat. I I almost see that as bad as Diaz and Chamayev. Hmm. Like if like if you yeah Chamayev, I I think Chamayev drags him. Yeah, you know, like I don't, and I and I'd hate to, you can't. Re- I think it would be a shame to reward Chamayev uh, after the fiasco of the last yeah. event. Yeah, don't um, give him. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, but again, he might have been doing what his bosses were telling him to do so uh <laughs> you know but anyways great event you know <laughs> you know was you know nine out of ten probably something like that i mean yeah it's definitely of all the you events know? of the ufc i watched this year ufc 281 is the one that i'm glad i watched um you it's when you'd you... watch from start to finish over again which yeah. is a rarity these days yeah you know yeah so. and, and that the chandler poirier fight i mean but Dana White said something funny at the post-fight press conference when they were talking about it. He was like, when he was gave given the fight of the night, you know, the, the the bonuses out. He was like, we probably could have written that one the beginning of the week before the fight. And it's like, because everybody knew that that was going to be what we saw. And I mean, I don't know about the you know the fish hooking and all that stuff, but I mean, it, it was, that was definitely uh, man. You know, like I'm looking at the rankings, like. How about Chandler Dos Anjos? How about Chandler Turner? Jalen Turner, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I know Gamrot was kind of uh, going for a fight there. I kind of like all those better than the McGregor fight, other than just a huge payday for Michael Chandler, um, which is always nice for a fighter that you root for. But mm-hmm. um, those fights sound a little bit more uh, more fun to maybe allow him to get back on track because you're like, you're, one, you're another loss away. I mean, how many, you know, they're going to milk it because he's, fighting great fights, you know, but realistically you lose three fights in a row, four fights in a row. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're not, you don't recover from well, it. Not at 36, 37 years old. Um, I forgot who said it uh, during fight week. I don't know if it was Gaethje or Shannon when they were talking about McGregor, but um, there, cause, cause apparently, I mean, I didn't even think about this. McGregor's last fights were guys coming off of losses. Weren't, weren't they like, what didn't he lose to um, Cowboy, he, I mean, cow, yeah, Cowboy came off a loss and then he fought McGregor. And I don't remember if uh Poirier was after Oliveira when they when they fought when um when he fought uh or after he fought when, McGregor before he fought Oliveira because he wanted yeah, the yeah. money fight rather than that's the right, fight. that's right, yeah. So, so I don't know, yeah. And Moicano, we just saw Moicano get a big mm-hmm. win, Moicano Chandler 
sounds fun too. We saw Chandler Yam- Yamauchi in Bellator. Yeah, but that's fun for us, man. I mean, the way the UFC is now, I'm I'm like like the the fact. I honestly, my prediction is this: they book because of with the, the whole thing. They keep mentioning six months for Usada. I I would not be surprised if they book Chandler McGregor for International Fight Week, July 2023. The only thing is, I don't <clears> think that they're gonna have. I'd be surprised if they had International Fight Week without a title fight main and the headlining. And McGregor's going to headline no matter who's on the card, mm-hmm. you know. Unless you have a title fight in the co-main event, but that's kind of a discredits your title a little bit. But mm-hmm. um, anyways, uh, that was UFC this past uh, this weekend. We got a bunch of stuff going on. Uh, for so you know, don't want to tell anybody to turn off if you're watching live right now. <laughs> but uh, Invicta 50 is taking place, strawweight mm-hmm. uh, tournament uh, for the title, and uh, a couple other fights on that card. So that's on YouTube, uh, Invicta channel. Um, also, uh, LFA this Friday night, dude, uh, everything is happening Friday night, LFA 147, Bellator 288, one on prime, uh, video five. If, if you don't have prime video, use our affiliate link in the description to sign up for prime video. Cause that's on prime time Friday night. Um, did I miss anything? LFA one championship, Bellator two eighty eight. Justin Wetzel fighting co main event LFA. Yep. Yeah, uh, probably a win podcast. away from the UFC. You know, guy who's kind of uh, been blocked out a little bit from some fights. Seems like over the last year or so. So yeah, good to see him back in the action. Uh, BKFC thirty three also this Friday to add to the uh, calendar. Uh, <laughs> Joey Beltron. Uh, he yeah. uh, he returns to the squared circle to face mm-hmm. another MMA vet, hard hitting Houston Alexander, uh, who's uh, been successful so far in his BKFC uh, run. Uh, that's in Nebraska. Be interesting to see what kind of size difference. I know Joey Beltron's in good shape right now, so he probably won't be the, the heavyweight Joey Beltron version. I think it'll be more of a slimmed up version. And uh, mm-hmm. Houston Alexander is going to come out there like the, the animal he always is. Imagine we'll see a lot of slugging in that one. So that's Friday night also. Um, and then uh, what? We moved to Saturday and we got big Bellator. Or no, Friday night's Bellator also. We're not yeah, even. Yeah, Bellator uh, 288. Yeah, yeah Bell- Bellator 288 on Friday. Yeah. So um, we get the rematch of the fight oh, yeah. that was stopped early. Let me bring early. up that card so we could Good. look at it because, uh, like you said, I mean, that was part of the – is that still part of the light heavyweight Grand Prix? I know we had a lot. I mean, not we, we – Rest in peace, uh, Anthony Rumble Johnson was supposed to be in that tournament. We lost him on Sunday. Um, but yeah, let me let me make sure I share this screen correctly. Belter 288 fight card. Here we go. So I would I would answer your question. I would say yes. This reminds me of uh, mm-hmm. Fedor and uh, it happened with Nog when they mm-hmm. fought uh, Grand Prix final. And it ended with a, uh, a unintentional headbutt, and then uh, and a cut, um, and then they fought again. But it was outside of the. Basically, the tournament ended in a in a what no contest, and now we're uh, now I, I bet you the money's online though. Now you say that I guess we're talking extra paycheck and stuff. Um, so I imagine the winner probably still gets a million dollar uh, bonus check. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess in a sense it kind of is carrying over. But Corey Anderson was kind of taking over that fight. Mm-hmm. Um, Looking good. Uh, last time I picked Nemkov. You know, <laughs> now, I, now, now you got to second guess that. I got to second guess yeah. that. I, it wouldn't surprise me if Nemkov still lands something early in the fight that 
kind of puts uh, Anderson on skates. Um, I think that that's possible, but with what I saw in the first fight, it seems to me like Anderson's going to be the bigger fighter and be able to impose his will a little bit. And, and get, once the fight goes to the ground, it doesn't make necessarily for much excitement all the mm-hmm. time, but um, it would be hard. I, I'm going to have to pick Corey Anderson based off of what I saw at the last fight. If the fight, if that fight doesn't end the way it does, um, I think he, he, he's the light heavyweight champion. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there's something to be said for the, the having faced each other before. And, and cause I'm pretty sure Nemkov's making corrections, knowing you know, based off of the last fight. But um, like you said, I mean, I I feel like Corey Anderson's just his energy is different, his attitude is different. He really seems to enjoy being in Bellator. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the title changed hands either. I mean, hey, it's it's already been you know we've already had a a, a pretty heavy title changing. Uh, last quarter, you look at Jillian taking the title from Delboni, and then. The titles from last week's UFC, and now we have uh, you know this fight coming up. I wouldn't be surprised if if that happens too. Um, the co-main event is also a title. Uh, right? I think I think we might get a double title switch. <laughs> I think which would be extremely odd to happen yeah. in UFC and Bellator uh, in in a seven day span. Uh, Patricky Pitbull, brother of Patricio, uh, the all time Bellator great. Patricky's been around a long time too, twenty four and ten. He's fighting Usman Nurmagomedov. Uh, 15 and 0 got the name. Uh, doesn't have the same fighting style, more mm. of a violent, violent fighter. No. Um, I he might as well have Mega Medoff in his name. Uh, he does have, <laughs> Medoff. Uh, he does have Mega off It's right yeah, there. Yeah, Mega Medoff. Yeah. Oh, so, <laughs> there you go. Um, it's gonna be his cousin. So you know, I don't. We don't pick against uh, Mega Meds. Yeah, we uh, don't pick against the Dragistans. Not for nothing. If 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 Usman wins this. You got him, the lightweight champ here, um, Islam champ over in in, in uh, the UFC. That 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 whole clan is gonna have the freaking sport of MMA on lockdown at 155. I mean, that's that's bragging rights for sure. Um, oh, really quick, uh, Kevin Nicholson, uh, who always chimes in on the podcast when we go live, um, he's mentioning the kicks to Israel's left leg damaged his perennial nerve temporarily. He said he lost control of that foot. Um, yes, he did say that at the uh, in the post fight press conference too. Um, I forgot to mention that when we were doing um, when we were doing the two eighty one stuff for for UFC. But um, yeah, for sure that his his uh, footwork was uh, compromised. But um, back to Beltor two eighty eight. Um, yeah, man. I mean, like you said, the and and it looks like the fans agree with us. Eighty percent of the people are going with uh, Usman Nurmagomedov. I mean, we we'll call it name recognition. Call it recognizing that the folks from Dagestan are just uh, wrecking balls. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, you know, Patricky's got, got some, some, uh, you know, uh, TNT in his hands though. He can land a big punch. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, this might be a big, too big of a step up for Usman too. So, yeah. we'll see how, you know, I mean, it's a huge step up for him. He's probably getting the title a little bit. I mean, he's got a great record 15 and oh, but, his resume isn't necessarily as deep as everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Sparky points out, uh, Musayev uh, is is likely next. He's mm-hmm. already got a win over Pitbull um, mm-hmm. in Ryzen. Uh, so, great fight. You know, you got the two main events, two title fights, and you got some yeah. familiar names. Uh, Daniel Weichel. Um, you can have that last name if you would like it. <laughs> Team Kizriev. 
We'll, we'll go with Kizriev. Kizriev will work. So Weishel uh, <laughs> and Kizriev. Kizriev 11 and 0, um, coming off of an ACA run, uh, making his debut in Bellator. And Tyrell you know, Fortune, that's one of the Bellator. Tyrell they, Fortune, one of their heavyweight to, prospects yeah. that they uh, worked up, and then he ran into uh, what Tim Johnson, <laughs> and, uh, and and that kind of changed things a little yeah. bit. But he's working his way back up. Yeah, that's a nice win. And the prelims are are really stacked for Bellator two eighty eight too. I don't want to go through them all, but there's a lot of them. And uh, this is uh, going to be on fr- again Friday, early Friday from Chicago. So if you're in freezing ass Chicago and you want to get tickets. Uh, you should definitely try to get in there and, and watch uh, Bellator 288 because it's uh, they they make for some fun live events as Matt can attest to. Yes, they do. And Sparkyry chiming in has been out to Chicago for him. So, uh, and I think he was out there for Mir versus Fedor. So, hmm. um, yeah, uh, I think that kind of wraps us up. Ton of action uh, this Friday. UFC does have an event on Saturday. Lewis versus Spivak. Um, I think it's the ESPN plus card mm-hmm. Didn't get a chance to break that down, but yeah, there's so much can't. going on. Yeah. And, um, there's also some really good regional stuff going on. You guys know, I write for expectation sports, um, Maverick MMA 21, um, uh, Boma Carmo. Hopefully I'm not messing up his name versus Dennis Bazooka who trains with Aljamain Sterling, the 145 title is on the line there at Maverick MMA 21. If you want to sign up for Spectation Sports, there's a, a link in the code for a dick's discount from that. Um, Michael asking, you guys stream during the fights? Usually we do. Um, we're kind of wrapping up now so we can watch the Invicta that's on right now on YouTube, Invicta FC 50. Usually we do, but because that's a it's a it's a tournament, we'd be probably <laughs> we'd be have to, we'd have to stream until midnight, but uh if we are, um, when we record on Wednesdays and there's fights going on, we usually do like a, a stream and, and, and we call them fight site chats for folks that want to watch them. Yeah, we tend to do it for Invicta. Uh, we haven't done UFC uh, or Bellator yet, but if uh, if that would be something. Yeah, look forward if to you guys want to see that, definitely uh, I'll drop up. Maybe I'll put a poll in the uh, YouTube chat thing for because now that we can post uh, like social things there for folks to let us know what they want to see. Um but yeah, man. I mean, uh, everybody's blasting out their best fights, like right now, just before the holiday weekend. Um, we might take off next week because with the Wednesday, we usually record Wednesdays and Thanksgiving the next day. And uh, I know Matt and I got a lot of family stuff that we must prepare for and 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 uh, boozing to do. So, so it, uh, we may or may not record next Wednesday. We'll 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 see. But um, Matt, man, I mean, I'm glad you're back. I'm sorry you missed uh, last week. Uh, me and Tavon missed you, um, but we knew you had a. a you, you were dealing with some, some shit ho- over there. Home, homeowner <laughs> duties, homeowner duties uh, kicked in, and uh, duties sometimes come home because sometimes you come home <laughs> with stuff that you you got to take care of that you uh, you really don't want to. But uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> check out the show at Combat Hour on Twitter, Coast to Coast Combat Hour on Instagram. Follow me, Matthew Hawkins at MMA Hawk Twenty One on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Edit Carbazal on Twitter, Carbeerzal on Instagram, and Old Head Carb on, Swi- on Twitch. And as always, you can check us out at allaccessmma.com for our video podcast. 
I think that's going to wrap us up for this week. Thanks for listening to everybody. Thank you for the comments. Appreciate that, everybody. Thank you, Michael. Yep. We'll be uh, tuning in right now. Yeah, we're we going to jump off. from this and head over to Invicta. Like I said, it's on Invicta's YouTube channel. So as we sign off, everybody should go over there and uh, check out some of that great action over there. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening. Peace.